Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is the man who's arguably feeling better than any coach from across the country after the first weekend of the 2022 NCAA tournament as his Florida State Seminoles traveled to Athens and knocked off the host Georgia Bulldogs 4-3. Welcome to the show, Florida State men's tennis head coach Dwayne Holtquist. Coach, welcome to the show. Congratulations on the victory. I imagine it's been a fun week for the Seminoles. Uh, it has. It was uh uh, you know, a great win for us. Um, you know, I've, uh, being in the location that we are, we, uh, uh, have gone to Georgia a lot and, uh, uh, lost to them several times up there and uh, a couple of, them, uh, kind of been, uh, tight matches. And so it's uh, great that we got that win. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of our, uh, incredibly young team that, uh, they were able to pull that off, uh, uh as we have, four freshmen that started the other day Mm -hmm. no I mean absolutely and you know two let's just get right into it in that match in particular not that I want to take away anything from your 4-1 win over Georgia State in the first round but you know for people who watch that match from afar and we'll get right to that number three single spot I believe Sebastian you can correct me if I'm wrong he's down 4-2 in the second set but I know he was down 4-2 in the third set as well what did you see from him uh, that ultimately allowed him to you know get over that hump and you know for it to be a red shirt senior in that position for you as well what did it mean to you in the program yeah you know I thought um you know uh Sebastian's had a kind of a tough senior year he's been hurt a lot um he actually didn't play very much uh mm-hmm. the months of March and April and um you know here is it's his fifth year and uh he's put in this environment and I thought one of the things he did incredibly well is he was very calm and, um, you know, I think one of the things that Sebastian does is he can, he can play a bunch of different ways. So, uh, you know, he mixed the pace up a lot, sliced a lot, 
looped the ball a little bit, snuck in, got into the net, uh, served volley. So he's an all-court player, and uh, I thought, you know, he mixed his game up against a really good opponent. And Trent Bride, I mean, a guy who's very seasoned and accomplished player. So, um, you know, in, in many ways, I think it was probably, you know, the best match he's probably played, uh, uh, especially under pressure, probably the best match he's ever played. Yeah, and, you know, even prior to that, Mark, your team takes a highly pressure-packed doubles point as well, and it's clinched at the number one spot, 7-6. And, you know, it's not that your team has played the most doubles pairings that I've seen throughout the course of the year, but it does feel notable to me that only, I believe, three teams of yours have played more than 10 matches together here in this dual match season. And, you know, you've been playing around, obviously trying to find those combinations throughout the course of the year. I'm curious, you know, what's led to that? Your thoughts on taking that doubles point now, how confident you are in your doubles, knowing how important that's going to be the rest of the way. Yeah. You know, I, um, uh, We've actually done really well against some of the better teams in doubles. Uh, we took it twice, double point against Florida. Uh, we took the doubles point against Virginia. So against the top teams, uh, you know, we're kind of four and two in the doubles. So uh, we've shown the ability to play at a very high level. Um, I think the team that, I mean, I, I just uh, am thrilled with the way that Max Salagi and, and Josh uh, Carbonship have played at one doubles. Uh two freshmen they won a fall tournament you know we started them at three and they kept winning so we moved them all the way to one and they've had a lot of big wins at, at one double so I just um you know great great for them that they could do that playing against uh some very seasoned players and uh both of them are very good ball strikers and so they can kind of hang in there on the ball striking side against anyone yeah. And, you know, looking at your roster again, you, you mentioned earlier, you've got a young team. I know there are, you know, 12 guys on your roster here this season. I believe you had 12 last year as well. And I know part of that is a byproduct of COVID. Everyone's got this extra year of eligibility. But, you know, looking for your team in particular throughout the course of the season, and I mentioned it in doubles, but, you know, looking at the singles as well, I think you had, what, eight different guys contribute throughout the course of the season. And certainly, you know, we know Loris is going to be at that number one spot, 14 and five overall on the year. Is it a burden or a blessing for you to have that many people, have that many people able <laughs> to contribute as well? And, you know, again, I am curious if th- this roster size is something you're going to keep moving forward. Yeah, I don't see us keeping that roster <laughs> size moving sure. forward. I, um, I will say it has been a blessing because, uh, you know, we've, we have had guys come through at big moments uh, John Bernard on our team uh, clinched the match against Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Joshua has clinched a bunch of matches. Uh, Laura's clinched the match at the ACC tournament. Uh, Andy has clinched matches. Uh, uh, Rich Richard Tongona has come through uh, big for us, especially uh, when we played NC State early in the year. Um, you, you know, so, you know, we're talking about Sebastian, but you could go, uh, Yousef led our team and wins. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, you've got these guys that have all contributed at different times, um, bought into um, who who is going to play that day. You know, um, I actually pulled Richard Thangona, senior, against Georgia. And, um, you know, before the singles goes on, he's over putting his arm around uh, Max and 
and uh, encouraging them. So, you know, and that's, that's hard to do, you know, we're an individual sport and yet uh, you have guys that are totally uh, buying into the decision that's made that day. Yeah. So that was going to be one of my follow-up questions for you. You did pull Richard from that Georgia match and that is not, I'm sure an indictment of Richard, but maybe something you liked in a matchup sense. Uh, I mean, should we expect some similar playing around as we approach this sweet 16? And, you know, again, are you a guy who likes to play around with, I guess from a coaching perspective, again, is it easier to be like, you know, doubles, one, three, six, that's our pathway to four points. And I'm sure, you know, in those sorts of seasons, things are pretty simple. How does it help? You know, does it add to the stress levels knowing, yeah, we can get to four points a bunch of different ways, but I have no idea how it's going to happen on this day. (laughs) Yeah, I think we don't know. I mean, sometimes you think you have it figured out. Um, I do know that the doubles is important for us. And, um, you know, I kind of gave the stat of how we've been against the top teams. Um, you know, I do like how, uh, you know, I, I like how Loris and, uh, Andy play together, make ton of balls and, um, they have great chemistry, they're roommates and they, uh, they love playing together and, um, you know, they're, they're mature. They, they, uh, even though they're technically sophomores, they, uh, have their red shirt year and then, uh, you know, their freshman year. So, you know, I think they have, uh, but you know what you're going to get from them and that aspect. And, and then I play two freshmen at third doubles and um, uh, on days, some days they just light it up. They're awesome. And uh, I love how Alex Balti flies around the court and wants the ball. And, and I love how Yusef, uh, how he hits the ball and smacks it and uh, plays with a lot of power. So, you know, I, I, we played Sebastian uh, earlier in the year and he's been a guy that's been a top doubles player in the country made, made, uh, you know, NCAAs and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, he, he, uh, when he came back off the injury, we kind of felt like he could kind of play either singles or doubles and, and we kind of chose to play him in singles. Yeah, no. And I mean, again, to a, a point we've made more broadly here, the depth on your team and the different options, different pathways to four points. And, you know, case in point, you know, Lewis, uh, Loris, excuse me, has been so excellent for you guys throughout the course uh, of the season. And he does not get the win over Georgia. And yet your team is still able to find a way to four points. You know, I know at the start of the season, it was a question, were you guys going to have Antoine on the roster or not be able to play this season now ultimately he was not able to play that said and I know we're very excited about this year and I want to ask you more questions about this season how I, I it's tough for me to even find the phrasing here was this year a building block I suppose for your Florida State well, team I'm curious how you viewed it going into the year versus now you know you find yourself in the sweet 16 yeah yeah we you know the the recruiting class we had you, you mentioned Antoine uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, we, we knew how good he was and, yeah. uh, we knew that he was a, uh, huge difference maker, uh, on our team. However, we did actually know that he was not going to be eligible this year. Okay. And, and so, uh, that, um, you know, it's, uh, he didn't go to school right after, uh, uh, you know, graduated from high school. So we knew he's going to have to sit the year. And, um, and so we, we had planned on that, um, uh, he is going to be uh, a great player. And if you look at the people he's played against uh, um, out of, um, you know, university 
uh, matches. You know, he's he's beaten Liam Draxel and he's beaten Rodriguez from South Carolina. So you know the level that he's coming and it's going to be. Um, and uh, so, but uh, we knew it was going to take a little time to get these uh, freshmen uh, going. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm just really pleased. All of them have progressed. You know, I think, um, you know, early in the year, Joshua was one that was clinching all these matches for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Yusef, uh, you know, like I said earlier, kind of led the team in wins and, and Alex Balti had been hurt, hurt or uh, been out the entire, almost the entire fall. So then we get him going and, and, and the doubles and then, and then Max been terrific. And, and then John Bernard has had, had his times too. And he's been the guy coming through uh, uh, like, like he did uh, earlier this spring. Yeah, no, I mean, again, what's been so fun is seeing the different pathways, fun for us, less probably so for you, is seeing, again, the different pathways for your team to four points. With that in mind, I'm curious because confidence is such an important thing, obviously, in college tennis and with the margins as thin as they are, no ad scoring and, you know, the doubles point being a one set rat race. I'm curious you know, as we look for inflection points or, you know, times where your team began to believe this season, is there a match you can point to a victory where you think maybe your team earned a certain amount of confidence or, you know, started gaining steam here in this 2022 season? Yeah. You know, one of the matches I look back on, um, uh, you know, we went to play Mississippi state mm-hmm. on the road. They were top 20 in the country. And, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, uh, having a five, two, pretty convincing five, two, uh, win and, uh, you know, straight sets, uh, a bunch of matches we won. And, um, I thought that was kind of the start of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, these, uh, some of our international guys have great, inter- uh, have great experience coming in. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think that was kind of start of that belief, you know, that was in February. Um, you know, we played, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot at home early, but, you know, we went on the road and had a really good road win. And, and I think that, that helped start that. And, and then, um, you know, we had some injuries in the middle and, you know, we won some, but we lost some. And, um, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, we had a really tight match against Notre Dame at the ACC tournament. And even though it's, it's kind of a, you know, early round match, you know, Loris wins in three being down a break in the third. And I think we build up some confidence that even if we weren't winning until someone got to four, we weren't out. And, um, you know, guys were very much committed to, you know, even if it didn't look good, we're still going to battle the whole way through. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I and you could see that characteristic, those traits carry through throughout the course of your season. And I mean, again, after you earn that victory over Mississippi State, you know, 4-3 win over NC State and, you know, 4-3 wins for you guys over Notre Dame, over Georgia here down the season's home stretch. With all of that in mind, I am curious if there's a match you could have back from this season, which match would it be? <laughs> yeah, there's several of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think and that's one of the things I think we tried to instill in our guys is guys, you know what, here's where we are, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we also could be a little bit higher than this. And, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, having that belief and, uh, you know, so I, I do think, uh, 
you know, we lost four, three at home to Duke and, uh, you know, we, we traditionally have a really good record at home and, uh, you know, Duke, Duke played great, great college match. And, you know, but we, uh, uh, you know, got a slow start and we lost the doubles and, and, um, you know, I look at that one, we lost four, three at Louisville, uh, on the road. You know, I think, I think those are clearly wins that, um, you know, like, oh, well, maybe, maybe we could have on that day, but, um, you know, those teams also showed how good they were too. And, and that, if you look at it, um, you can tell how strong the ACC is mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and every day in the ACC is a challenge. Um, you know, you had, you have five teams in the round of 16 in the conference and, um, you know, our 10th team that didn't make the tournament, Georgia Tech, the only reason they didn't make was because of the 500 rule. And, <laughs> exactly. and so, you know, we had a great win over Georgia Tech, um, you know, tight match with them on the road. And, and Georgia Tech turned around and, you know, a week later is beating Wake Forest and beating Miami. And, you know, um, you know Ken, Kenny has a lot of really good players. And, um, you know, I really feel like there was um, some opportunity uh, – uh, in the ACC, you just, any, any win's a good win. And, and it just, it, now that's really shown itself with NC state getting through as well. Yeah. What I see, I thought you were going to go the Louisville route and say, we would have never had dinner with Chris Hallioris like that a hundred percent tanked that match. I just assume, uh, because you know, whenever I deal with him it usually losses follow. Um, but no, I, I think that perspective makes complete sense. And with that in mind, I will acknowledge this is a stupid question, but I think I know the answer to it. And I just need to know, do you and Miami have the best home court advantage in the ACC? Like, it's not a season until one of those ACC powerhouses goes down on the Florida swing and loses to either one of you or Miami. And obviously, part of that has to do with the incredible teams you guys both have. But it does feel like there's something about that Florida environment uh, that gives you guys a home field advantage. Yeah, I, I think we do have a home court advantage. Um, I think sometimes you're catching us uh, – you know, where they haven't been outside yet, uh, sure. you know, you're playing, uh, maybe warmer weather. Um, you know, we, we have a good crowd at, at Florida state, our matches, you know, sometimes, uh, we've, we've twice beaten, uh, number one team in the country, mm-hmm. uh, on, on that swing that you're talking about. Um, and so, you know, I do think, uh, uh, I do think we have a really good home court advantage and we have a great, uh, community, uh, in Tallahassee that supports us. So, um, yeah, I do think that's a, you know, a, a tough swing, um, you know, like it, like it is for us sometimes, uh, you know, I, um, there was a number of years in a row that we were always playing, uh, uh, Virginia and Virginia tech, uh, indoors and in, late in the year. And sometimes I feel like that's maybe an advantage for them too. Do you call a Losha and you're like, Hey, I need you to really wear them down and then we'll deliver the final blow or like vice versa. Like, don't worry, we'll do the job on Friday. So you guys can have them Sunday as well. Like I, I there's definitely some coordinating there that you're not telling us about. Yeah. Yeah. I do <laughs> a little bit on, sometimes we do on the in between day a little bit, but, um, you know, I do think, uh, I do think that's, uh, you know, an, an interesting swing. I, mm-hmm. I do like how the ACC has travel partners now. I think that's, yeah. um, healthy for our schedule, uh, to do it that way. And I, I think it makes sense that we're doing it that way. 
Absolutely. And again, for some reason, I will apologize to you. I always call it the South Florida swing just because that sounds better than the Florida swing. I'm well aware Tallahassee is not in South Florida, Uh, but I don't know. There's something just catchier about the South Florida swing. So we're going to stick with that anyways. But again, I want to look at your team and talk about where you guys are at. You look again, there's been a lot of success, a lot of different times, ups and downs, certainly for different players of your roster. Through all of that, I'm curious, who would you name as your team MVP this season? Yeah, I think you got to go Loris. I mean, sure. um, for him uh, uh, to have the record that he has, you know, winning 75% of his matches mm-hmm. at the number one spot, um, you know, I think he's he's really – you know, he would be ranked higher, except he was out much of the fall and, uh, you know, was sick a little bit in the fall. So, um, you know, he's he, he's steady, uh, very professional, comes to practice every day, works hard. Uh, you know, the one thing I would say about Loris, every year he's gotten better um, than the year before. And, um, you know, I think I think Loris, Loris is kind of one that I would kind of look at that. Um, I am very impressed with the improvement of uh, Andy Petrovic this year uh, and uh, how much he has improved. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about our freshmen, but Andy is, you know, really, really stepped up his game this year. It's big, big improvement um, on what he's, uh, how he plays. Yeah, no, and that beat me to the question. So is he the most improved player, would you say, of the season for you all? Yeah, I I don't know that I would say the most. He's right there. I certainly think our freshmen uh, fit in with that group too. Um, you know, uh, Josh Joshua and Yusef started to emerge late in the fall. Uh, Max has tremendously improved as well. Mm-hmm. So those those freshman guys are right in there with that as well. Yeah, um, no, no doubt about that. And, um, you know, again, as you look for this team, I do want to talk big picture because, yeah, there are some seniors on there. But <laughs> how, how valuable is this experience for you and the coaching staff to have this group get to the Sweet 16 where, correct me if I'm wrong, is this first Sweet 16 since 2009? Maybe 2018? Am I missing that one? No, it might have been 2018. Well, 2018 uh, was a year where we were projected to get there. That's what it was, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, I actually didn't realize that until, you know, the other day I was like, oh, that's, that's right. It is. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of, uh, heartbreaking losses to be in that. I think, I think during that whole time, uh, we've been in the top 25, uh, you know, most of the year or, or, uh, during that, during that range. Um, and so, uh, but, uh, yeah, it shows you you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to make it to that, that round. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to our assistant coaches as well. Uh, Chris Dorr and Aiden, uh, who have, uh, who have worked hard, uh, both on the court and, and also, um, uh, watching video and, and, uh, and definitely on the recruiting side, uh, you know, Chris has done a great job on the recruiting side is that, that as well. Yeah. And with that in mind, again, do you feel like this group is just scratching the surface of its potential? You know, again, how valuable is this experience for this team, which is a team I know you're focused on the here and now. And of course, you know, you're looking ahead to this sweet 16 matchup, which I want to talk about momentarily against Tennessee. But 
it, how you know you've had a lot of good teams obviously and you've had a lot of teams scratching around the surface of you know not only getting to the sweet 16 but perhaps even past that how valuable is this experience for this group and how much growing do you think they still have to do yeah i i think uh uh it's definitely a bright future and um uh you know cer- certainly andy or uh antoine's gonna add to that also you know some people don't realize that uh, Barnaby Smith was supposed to play for us this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he ended up having surgery and not playing. Um, and high caliber player, all American, uh, doubles player, uh, been ranked high in singles. So, you know, you're going to add those two guys to already what we have returning. So I, I feel very strongly that, you know, we have the opportunity to have the next few years, you know, as good a team as we've ever had here. So um, that is exciting. We talk about it pretty openly uh, about how we're building for what we want to uh, be at in the future. And um, but, uh, you know, we don't shy away from that. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's that's exciting. And um, also, I think part of that is, you know, the whole team dynamic of it is very important. And uh, the guys do get along. They um, they work well together. They like each other. And that part of the program, uh, is, is part of why we've been able to do this too. So, um, remember that that's part of the program and having extra talent and you keep that side of it, then, then we're going to see great things in the next few years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And dare I say again, this is what year number 22 for you at the helm in Florida state, I believe. And, uh, maybe it's 23, but you know, it's 23 with COVID. Yeah. I I was going to say, I threw that season out as we all have. We're all just a year younger is what we tell her. It's like, no, I'm not 20. I'm 25. 2020 didn't count. Um, but I can stay on my parents' healthcare. Uh, but with all of that in mind, um, uh, is this your most promising team? Like, is this for Florida state fans out there who are wondering how excited should they be about this group moving forward? Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I think we've got, uh, you know, incredible depth. Uh, we're going to ha- have guys that are going to be top in the nation here. Um, so, uh, anyway, it's going to be, uh, uh, I, we got an exciting few years coming. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, with that in mind, just a couple of fun questions for you before I let you go. For those that don't know, you began your career at Penn state where you were for your letterman team captain in 86. Did you play former coach of me and former Michigan All-American Ed Nagel at all during those years? That's a me question. I just had to ask. Uh, I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Talk to me about 1980s college tennis, how, how different it is from now. Yeah. Well, that is a loaded one. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I will tell you this. my senior year, um, I qualified for NCAAs mm-hmm. in, in the doubles, made the tournament there. That was the first time I took a flight. Okay. In my five years in college, I redshirted my first year. So when we made these long trips, we were making them in vans, uh, you know, whole team in one van. Um, you know, we didn't always stay in hotels and people are like, what? You know, that, that seems crazy. Well, if you, you know, these, these universities used to have team rooms yeah. at 1986. So at Clemson would stay uh, across from the, um, uh, the, uh, tennis courts there, they had their basketball arena and, uh, you know, we would stay, uh, different places like that on our spring break. 
So we didn't even always stay in there. I think the per diem was $14 a day. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, you have to bring a little money when you went on trips sometimes. And, um, uh, you know, we, a um, couple of my years, we played uh, spring break. We had longer spring breaks then because we were on a uh, quarter system, but um, we would play 13 matches in 13 days. And um, <laughs> you know, there, we didn't have the 25 match rule. So, you know, when we travel down south, you know, you might play some of the Carolina schools and the next day you travel down, you play some of the South Carolina schools and then do that for a couple of days. And uh, we always played Georgia and played Georgia. And then we started the trip back, back up. So, um, you know, that was part of that. Uh, we didn't have uh, 20 hour weeks, um, you know, so sometimes you're, you're more than that. Uh, you know, we didn't have the strength coaches and nutrition and all that, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I would often go straight from tennis practice and go play basketball for an hour, uh, as my conditioning. So, you know, it, that, some of that's just really different and, uh, um, than it is, you know, I had one coach, uh, maybe we're lucky to have someone that was in grad school, but you know, you'd only have one paid coach. If Loris came up to you and said, coach, I'm going to skip conditioning today, but I'm playing a basketball game 430 at the IM building. What would your response be? Uh, no can do. No. (laughs) (laughs) What if he says, coach, I can dunk though. You'd be like, well, (laughs) that's a strong argument. Yeah. That, that would be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I have to go with him and join yeah, exactly. Like, all right, but I'm your three. Uh, no, yeah. I, I like to hear that as well. Well, you know, we talk about the changes. Sweet 16 versus the Super Regional format. I know it's only year two. That said, do you enjoy this new format or would you prefer the Super Sweet 16 site? You know, that's a great question. I, I haven't experienced it yet, so I'm and I'm not sure. Um, you know, I do like... Uh, you know, I, I do like that 16 feel, but I don't think that works at all sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that would work at Lake Nona. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Lake Nona, what they do from the TV side, what they do from the attendance side. Um, but uh, I don't think all the sites would work that way, having 32 teams there, not having the ability for practice courts. So I, I just think that's, that's part of that, that is... Uh, uh, into the equation, but, um, you know, I am a big proponent of, uh, uh, attendance and fans and TV. And I think, uh, for us as a sport, we have to continue to do as much as we can in that, uh, arena. We've done a lot of, uh, uh TV, uh, matches for us over the years, but, um, you know, I do think like things like the ACC network, it's, it's crucial that we get on that or the SEC network. So, um, you know, I, uh, but to me, I love the, you know, I think attendance and TV are things that need to drive where we're going to be going for those round of 16. If the NCAA, my gamble that I've made, and I've said this on other shows after 2027, every now, cause I think that's when it's booked out to or 2025, whatever it is, it wouldn't shock me at all to see every NCAA tournament in Lake Nona. Now, obviously you're the Florida state head coach, so that's not too bad right in your backyard, but is that something you'd be open to? Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, it's true that, you know, you know, we have maybe a little advantage because we have alums in the area, Florida would as well. And, um, but 
you know, the great thing about Orlando is they have alums from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think they could get, get that, uh, that support. Um, you know, I loved what they did with tennis channel, uh, the, the one year that they had it down there with that. Um, you know, uh, you know, we play Florida down there, um, 2000 people come to the match. Uh, you know, we, we've had it on TV there. So to me, um, you know, I love what the ability is to do it there. I, I'm, so I'm a fan that way. I understand some people feel like it's in one location, but I do think one location does make a lot of sense to build it. Uh, like baseball is done with Omaha or Oklahoma city is done with softball. Um, I think tennis could use that. Um, and there's not many places that I think can handle it, but, uh, I do think they would have the ability to do it. Yeah, it's the Mecca. Like, and you should have as many events at the Mecca as possible to show it off. And once you're there, you know, I said the same thing about, I say it about Madison, Wisconsin as well. And if you've ever played at the Nielsen Tennis Stadium, you're like, oh, you haven't renovated the bathrooms in 40 years. That sucks. But it's also just a tennis warehouse where the moment you walk in and onto the grounds, you're just like, it is all tennis all the time. And Orlando's that on steroids. And so, no, I, I would completely echo your sentiments there. My final question for you, and again, you guys, this Sweet 16, you're traveling to Tennessee to take on uh, the Volunteers. What's it going to take for your team to advance? What do you want to see out of your guys down the, you know, few, uh, over the final few weeks of the season? Yeah, you know, obviously Tennessee's had a great year. I, uh, you know, they've been top in the nation and uh, uh, the whole, pretty much the whole year. I think they've been somewhere one to five. Hmm. Um, you know, I, obviously uh, they've got a lot of big guys. Uh, they, uh, can play power, power tennis. I think, um, you know, I think one of the key words I would say for our guys is, you know, I think the doubles is important. I think we want to be very resilient and, uh, um, in, in how we play. And, uh, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll need to, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of our opportunities as they come, uh, play together as a team. You know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, supporting each other. Obviously, they're they're at home. They'll have a home crowd advantage. So, mm-hmm. no, it, it's going to be a fun match, and uh, certainly one we are all looking forward to. Last stupid question for you: the Locke brothers, the Whitehurst brothers. If you see a, t- a set of brothers, are you just like they're coming to Florida State? <laughs> well, uh, you know, Courtney didn't play here. Yeah. So. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just saying, you know, you look at, again, is it like you, you, because I have siblings as well. And you're like, I like that pairing. You're like, I like all of this. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, you know, you mentioned the locks, uh, you know, Benjamin Locke is one of our better players that we've ever had here. Um, you know, done great things with Davis cup and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, out there still grinding and, uh, and having results. He's actually won. I think over 30 pro titles. So, uh, you know, he's had a great career. Um, the Whitehurst were extra special in the sense that they're from Tallahassee and, uh, you know, we probably, uh, knew them for seven, eight years before they came to, came to college. And the one thing I always remember about them is how much passion and energy they put into playing college tennis and everyone loved to come watch them because of that. So, um, they were, uh, Great memories with having them play for us. Yeah, no, that's just, again, that's a wise move. Um, I, I like the recruiting strategy. I'd take it moving forward. Do you, By the way, did you know Jose was going to be a good coach? 
Yeah, Jose Gracia, absolutely. of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, he's he, good too. Huh? Yeah. No, he also had the hairline of a coach, even when he was playing in Tallahassee. And so I feel like it was a natural transition for him, but he had that edge. Like it, it's not the most shocking thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, no, but with all that said, coach, obviously, again, congratulations to you and your team. One of the upsets of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. And now, obviously, you guys get the chance to do it again as you travel to Knoxville and take on Tennessee. So, coach, greatly appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here today. I still have a laundry list of questions about your career and lifetime in college tennis. But, you know, I'm just going to reserve the right to bring you back on the show at some point this offseason. So, coach, I appreciate you taking the time and wishing you and your team health health and success throughout the remainder of this season. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you. We, we love what you're doing and uh, I would love to join you at another time. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, coach, good luck to you all. And we'll chat more soon. All right. Thank you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Crack Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene. For all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.